The Ryan and Russ Show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build in North Central West Virginia, visit askvisionhomes.com. Vision Homes, building you a house you're proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to The Ryan and Russ Show, but don't take our word for it. Take Coach Nealon's. Hi, this is Coach Don Nealon, and you're watching The Ryan and Russ Show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you into another edition of the Ryan and Russ show, your source for West Virginia sports. We're just over 24 hours out, 26 hours out from a matchup we've been waiting for for a long time. West Virginia travels to Houston, 7 o'clock tomorrow on FS1, uh, a game that's going to be a lot more emotional, maybe, than other games, probably the pit one more. But hey, this is no, they haven't played each other in the past. Uh, we know who's coaching the other side. We know who's coaching this side. Got some players over there too. Very similar styles of play. But hey, it's probably going to come down to who wants it more. Ryan, what? Obviously, we have the Dana Holgerson side of it. But mm-hmm. other storylines that you're looking forward to in this game? Uh, but both teams need a win in different ways. West Virginia wants to stay uh, on pace with Oklahoma and, and Texas and, and K-State for first place in the Big 12. Have a chance to get to Dallas. Houston, on the other hand, they're coming off the bye. They're 0-2, licking their wounds. They're a wounded dog, and they, they need a win in the worst way in front of their home crowd for uh, Big 12 win number one. So both teams really need a win in different ways, different scenarios. And a thing, a theme that we've been talking about now for almost a week, Ryan, is Dana in a desperate spot, right? We've yep. seen it as the coach of West Virginia, and we've seen it in other ways. And this is... Obviously, we would love to blow these guys out. We would love to blow out our former coach. Uh, Our feeling on this side is that's most likely not going to happen. And not only because of the situation that Dana presents and his personality, et cetera, et cetera, the type of coach he is, but also that's not necessarily our style of play with West Virginia. And this is kind of, you know, you break down the stats on paper. Both teams play very similar to to one another. Um, Maybe a couple differences, but... Both, I guess, keys to victory, right? We'll get to that at the end, are going to be kind of similar for both teams to win this game. Um, but the way we play is not, it's it's dirty, it's gross, it's grinded out, it's controlling the line of scrimmage, it's running down the clock, it's game management, it's not finesse, it's not sexy, it's sometimes, a lot of the times it's not pretty, Ryan, uh, to, to be quite frank with you. But hey, a win's a win, it counts the same. And if, if we can go out there, obviously control the line of scrimmage, something we've talked about all week going into last week, it could be a good day for the Mountaineers. But if we let things kind of get ahead of us, if, if we try to be an identity that we're not necessarily, things could get ugly too. But this, this should be for many reasons, style of play and the emotional factor and how similar both teams are should be a pretty close game. Yeah, no, and you look at you look at uh, Houston uh, from an offensive production standpoint. They're they're a good football team. Donovan Smith. I mean, they have explosive plays. They put up almost thirty points in the first half on Texas Tech the other day. The wheels just fell off in the second half because they don't have the depth. Um, and, and they also were in that in the game with TCU, and it kind of got away from them late. But like you said, a desperate team coming off a bye week. We know we're going to get their best shot. We just literally watched it with Oklahoma State and Kansas State. 
Oklahoma State needed a Big 12 win, veteran coach off the bye week at home in a desperate spot, and they punched K-State right in the mouth. I expect the same energy from Houston that Oklahoma State brought, so the Mountaineers are going to have to match their intensity. And absolutely what John Kelly says here in the chat, uh, we just need to play our game and take care of business. Absolutely. Is you play to yourself, you play to your identities, you don't play to your opponent. Ryan, that's a lesson you know from obviously you're working for hugs and and being on the basketball uh, team or coaching the basketball team, being on that side of things is is you got to do what you're capable of and not necessarily try to play into what the other team's doing. And I think that's a reason West Virginia has been successful this year is Uh, You know, you take away the Penn State game, which obviously we've talked about it more and more. That loss is looking better and better as time's gone on because of how good Penn State is. The score wasn't an indication of how the game was really played out. But you look at those other games. uh, We'll we'll put the Duquesne game to the side, too. So the last three games is West Virginia has actually done a fantastic job of making the other sides play to them. Something that we're not used to, especially in the Neil Brown era. It's usually we're trying to you know, figure things out as well. But going back to what we've been talking about, Ryan, is these two teams are very similar. Is you have you have a mobile quarterback that can sometimes make the big throws. You got a big running back room. I think where West Virginia's advantage really lies, uh, something we've talked about, is, is the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And I think a big question we're going to have, uh, especially with Lathan being out for the season, and, you know, we're a little banged up as well, need some offensive linemen to step up, but uh, in terms of the linebackers and, and of course our offensive line, the each different side of the ball is who's going to step up. Who's going to make those plays. Who's going to get to the ball. Who's going to pull and need to get where they're supposed to. And if you do that and be physical, maybe it's close for three quarters, Ryan. And then that fourth quarter, you finally catch one of those breaks. They start to wear down and then you can just keep pounding away. Completely agree. That's kind of been the recipe that's haunted uh, Houston so far in the Big 12 play. Uh, Texas Tech and and TCU were both able to get big chunks late. Rice kind of just punched them in the mouth right off the the bat. That was kind of a weird rivalry game, so I kind of throw that one out. But TCU and Houston laid down the blueprint, controlled the line of scrimmage, and and wear them down because Houston still is transitioning from their first year uh, from the American Athletic Conference into the big 12. And that's when you kind of see that a little bit. Is it more in the fourth quarter where a team can stick with you for three quarters, and then you can wear them down with your size and speed and athleticism. Something interesting too, is we're kind of talking about dynamics and, and, and things maybe that aren't necessarily the X's and O's Ryan, but I, I, I don't know how much this plays a factor, but I think it's worth noting is Houston's five games before this were all opponents from the state of Texas. Yeah. So I think, there's two sides you can look at that is number one is obviously when you're playing an in-state rival, especially in Texas, especially the game of football, right? Is there's tend to be, you maybe want to get up more or there there's more emotion or along those lines that go into this game. So you could kind of see it as one way where it's like, Hey, we don't get that same umph because we're playing West Virginia. However, obviously we've talked about the Dana factor. So we don't expect that as much, but there also could be this, sense of relief where it's like, okay, we, we can, we don't have to worry about the Texas distraction, big brother, little brother dynamics. We can just play, you know, a a team from another state, but of course everything goes back to the Dana factor and, and, you know, the motions that, that are going to go into that. Uh, I see the chat's alive and well today. And I agree with most of this chat, Ryan is yeah, maybe 
I, I could see this playing out too. We think it's going to be close. We think it's going to be a slugfest, but taking away a little bit of the injuries on our side, because we're not as deep as obviously we started the season, but we are a deeper team still. If, if we can get to Donovan Smith or make their line tired or just keep grinding the ball, especially up the interior, like what's talking about in the chat is this can absolutely just be a wear it down ground and pound type of game. And we've seen this in other games too. And another factor to talk about as well, something we've brought up in the past is the ability that Neil Brown's done this year that we haven't seen him do in years past to make adjustments. You go down seven, nothing, you know, maybe you don't get those types of play that you want, but Hey, let's not freak out. Let's not overdo it. What did we see here and how can we make it better? And and that's what we've seen lately. The ability to maybe things go, what we saw in the Texas tech game, the TCU game, they jump out to leads, jump out to leads again, jump out to leads. And then we're like, all right, let's answer. Let's answer. Let's answer. And we settled in, we've answered and, and nothing's felt forced to this point. This is a great time to keep doing what's working and not trying to go back to throwing a screen pass, pass every play or like, hey, we need to wind down the clock. Let's throw the ball three times. So, yeah. let, you know, it's still early in the season. We ha- we're not even at the halfway point. I guess we'll be at the halfway point after this game. But let's let's keep doing what works, Coach Brown. And as Hugs would always say, do what you're good at. And you know what's ironic, too, is Dana had some of the similar issues of clock management and, and sometimes just being so pass happy when when his best teams were run ha- when their bet when his best teams were able to run the football. So it it is a little bit ironic that there's two are going to square off here in less than 26 hours, and they do have more similarities than I think the most people realize. I know their styles and their approach is different on how they coach their teams. Their emotions are definitely different, but <laughs> they do a have bit. a lot. They do have a lot of similarities too. Yeah, I mean, they come from similar backgrounds, similar coaching trees. A lot of, obviously, Dana, a little bit of Neil Brown as well, really runs through the Big 12 and and those coaching trees. So mm-hmm. it, this is, this really is like, take away the the bias or the fandom. If, if you were to look at this as just a pure, like, fan of just the game and I want to just watch this game, this is, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's fascinating. It's it's you got a heated Mr. Red Bull screaming at the le- refs, let it go versus like <laughs> someone that's just kind of composed the whole time. And yeah. I, I mean, just from that factor alone, never mind, given that one coach was the former coach here. It, I'm just from the fans perspective. I'm curious how that plays out as well. We 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 think it's going to play out in, in the Mountaineers favor. Uh, like I said, is we're not resting on our laurels. We're not all of a sudden going from, hey, we've been underdogs every game. Obviously, the Duquesne game we weren't, but the games that have been competitive, we've been underdogs every game. Now we're the favorite. Oh, let's win by a million. We got it. We got to temper that. We got it. We got to keep that down. Still fine. We said this the other day. I think on our Monday show was find a reason to still be the underdog. Ignore the spread. Ignore what people think. Why? Because because the national media is still not giving us attention. Yep. Kirk Herb Street, right? We're still not top twenty five ranked. We're still, you know, it's you don't we. How many times have you turned on the TV and the, finally the national media is talking about Red River because that was a great game? But it's like, oh, Oklahoma, like we guarantee Texas and Oklahoma are playing again. Well, how about what about number two in the Big Twelve? So definitely need to take those headlines and and, and move forward with that. Yeah, and, and you know what, Rush, let's get right into our keys to victory because that is my key to victory number one. 
continue the narrative of number 14. Nobody cares that you're 2-0. Clearly, I mean, you're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite against a winless team. You're not ranked in the top 25. Don't feel good about yourself. Find a way. Carry that chip on your shoulder that you carried for the first five weeks at 14, 14, 14. And because the other side, you know the other side is going to have a chip on their shoulder, whether it's Tony Mathis on the other side, Dana obviously coaching him, Sam Brown, Michael mm-hmm. Laughlin. I mean, they got multiple guys that have been on our team in our program that have had this one circled. So they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. We need to match that chip on the shoulder. And my other one, turnover battle, man. Donovan Smith's good, but he's going to throw us the ball. we got to be able to catch it for a change. We've dropped so many interceptions. I feel like we've left so many defensive plays on the table, especially the Texas Tech game. Yeah, I know we had three against Pitt. I thought we could have, we could have had ten that night. And oh, obviously yeah. Penn State, we get a couple of those. That might have been a ball game. So find a way to capitalize off the mistakes that Houston is going to make. They will turn it over, and we got to protect the ball ourselves. We don't need to be giving them short fields, make them score against our defense uh, the length of the field. Yeah, and I agree with the turnover battle. What we haven't had a turnover since that pit game. Uh, I think both teams were over against TCU, and then obviously Texas Tech won the turnover yeah. battle game. One of them probably shouldn't have happened. Uh, the Devin Carter, obviously. So, but hey, two. So it, it's our turn. We're due. We're absolutely we got to step up. Uh, so going to my keys to victory, Ryan. Number one is contain Donovan Smith. We know that it's one thing like going against a uh, Chandler Morris or a uh, Morton or Shuck or Jerkovich, or I know I just love saying his name that way. I know that's not how you pronounce his name, but it's, it's more <laughs> fun that way. Anyway, is if you get to him, if you, you know, get pressure on that line, most likely he's going that they're going down for a sack. Donovan Smith, man, you could get all the pressure in the world you want. He can slip out. That's the advantage we have with Garrett green, right? Going back to the hole is kind of similar teams here going against each other. One's just deeper and better in West Virginia, but even just because you get to Donovan Smith doesn't mean you have him yet. So keeping him kind of in that pocket, keeping him contained, knowing, especially from the linebacker level, that he could slip out at any moment and being ready to go. Uh, number two, and that gets to to the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, yes, there's injuries, uh, you know, on our offensive line, but this is our our lines are better than their lines. So we need to keep them. We need to wear them down. Maybe it's close to the first half. Maybe. Maybe it's a tie game going into the fourth quarter. But if our line does what they are capable of, we're gonna, there's a point where they will get worn down and a game-shifting play will happen in favor of the Mountaineers. Uh, and then finally, kind of uh, goes against what I was saying a little bit earlier. Well, it doesn't go against. But when you establish the run, you're doing great things on the line of scrimmage. Uh, you're getting the tight ends involved. You're doing different RPOs, right? Is if you do that right, receivers will be open. We need the receiving core as a whole to step up because I could see this being a game where that we're talking about it lines wearing down that stuff. One receiver makes a 30 yard play on the ball. Garrett green finally puts one up there. Receiver makes a great play on it. And then that's the momentum shift. So we definitely need our wide receiver core to really step up this game. We've been waiting for it for a little while. Now it's time. Yeah, it is timing, and guys got to catch the ball. Like you said, there are going to be opportunities. This Houston defense can be had. They have been had. Um, But, you know, it it all comes down, it all circles back to one thing, controlling your emotions. It's going to be an emotional game with the Dana-Neal narrative. I know they've downplayed it all week, but both coaches really want this game for, for personal reasons, and they both need it for their own team's sake. And then multiple players on their side that, I mean, Tony Mathis was on the team at the spring game. 
he was just in our program. Yeah, I mean, I, know. I mean he, he he basically left because he wasn't good enough. Uh, I mean, not saying he wasn't not good enough, but it was just a crowded it, room. It, it was, was a, a talented backfield with, with yeah. yeah with Donaldson and uh, Jaheim White, Anderson, and Johnson. So he decided to go elsewhere. So I mean, like I mean, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder in this game, but it's all about matching the energy coming back off the bye week with that same us against the world mentality mm-hmm. that we had for the TCU road win, the Texas tech game. We finally beat them and the pick game. Yeah. What's funny too. Tony Mathis is the fourth leading rusher on this team. 23 carries for 111 yards. Do you yeah. know who's number two with the most carries Donovan Smith? At yeah. One ironically, ironically, he's in a crowded backfield at Houston now. So it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, who know? You know, we talked about the health with CJ Donaldson, and it might have actually worked out if he stayed here. But conversation for another time. Something too, Ryan, we talked about doing for this show is especially we get to this point in the season, kind of becomes a war of attrition, right? We've talked about the injuries, um, and it seems like in addition to the identity of this Mountaineers team, another thing that I don't think's been maybe talked about enough. It's definitely been talked about is it seems like every game is someone stepped up, right? Mm-hmm. Is And it's been someone different. So the question is whose turn is it to step up? I'm going to go with Ben Cutter is, you know, Lathan's out for the season. This is, he's moving from an elevated role, a role where he was producing, doing great things. Now you're the guy you, you have to be more than a complimentary piece. You have to step up and, Sometimes in a way, because not only does he have to step up, the person behind him has to step up as well and then fill in that spot. It's everyone shifts up. So Ben Cutter goes out there and does great things. That That's at least on the defensive side of things. That's my whose turn it is. You guys know where I'm going for mine, man. The little man, the freshman in the backfield, Jaheim White. I, I think off the bye week, sometimes we see a big jump with these freshmen. Uh you, you get more time to prepare, more ideas how to get them uh, involved in the offense. We saw it at TCU, five carries, 46 yards. Donaldson, I mean, he's carried a heavy load. I mean, he's 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 getting 20-plus carries a game. He's a little banged up. Jaheim White, he's, he's fresh legs. Uh, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder to show Tony Mathis that he's the right running back. So I think Jaheim White's going to have a monster second half. I think it's a necessary piece to complement Donaldson in this rushing attack. Uh, Jaheim White's going to have a breakout game on Thursday, I think. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Jaheim White's really stepped up this year. And secondary to that, I will also say that it'd be nice for CJ Donaldson to shut some people up and do what he's capable of. So yep. looking forward to see how he responds as well, especially to the noise. And hopefully he's feeling all right, able to do that. Uh, a couple notes for audience. We'll be back again tonight. 8 o'clock live, uh, West Virginia Mountaineers live. It's part of the college football, uh, the voice of college football, pardon me. Um, and another another thing we want to add here as well, I should have slipped this in earlier. I apologize. I would say key to victory number four, win one for the Wolfman, right, Ryan? Is, yeah, yep, it's, no this is, speaking of emotion and going into this, I mean, Dana Holgerson even brought him up, which absolutely he should. He spent time here. He's a local media figure. Uh, glad Dana brought him up and, and gave him a second there. And obviously Neil Brown led off his presser with that. So, hey, just extra emotion, extra, you know, added. We got to go out there and win. So win one for the Wolfman. Um, in addition, uh, quick, uh, we talked about our hat giveaway. We're not going to announce this m- much because eventually we do want to open up a store and make a little bit money for ourselves. 
but we know some of you have been here from the start. We, some of you promoted us like none other, and we appreciate that. And we love you for that. We just got some really nice shirts in the, the other day, like really clean, really good looking. Um, shout out to vision homes and Rocky Simmons, our sponsor for got that nice yeah. little vision homes on the back. Thank you to all him and his company do for us in supporting the Ryan and Russ show. So if you are interested in a nice hat that Ryan has nice fitted, comfortable, uh, 39, what is it? The 3930 yeah. uh, by new era, uh, send us your, your hat size, small, medium, large, extra large. Uh, and if you're interested in a shirt as well, small, medium, large, extra large. I think we have a couple double X's as well. Uh, email us Ryan and rush show at gmail.com. And we can maybe get a nice order filled for you as well. We're not going to be announcing it much, much, but we, we appreciate you all from being here from the start, especially those tuning in, uh, every day and making room for our show. So we'll definitely send you a little something, send you a thank you there. And again, we'll, we'll see you guys tonight over on the voice of college football network, West Virginia Mountaineers live. I'll bring in a couple other guests and, you know, keep, keep talking Houston, keep talking storylines and the fun will continue tonight. But for the Ryan and Rush show for today's episode. Oh, one more thing, Ryan too. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we're going to do a nice Q and a session before the game. So reach out to us on Twitter and to wh- wherever If you have questions, come put them in the chat. Uh, we're, we're going to do some Q and A's and then we'll do a post game show as well. Uh, following the conclusion of the West Virginia Houston game. So, uh, got a lot of shows here coming up, Ryan. That's all good things. Yeah. And especially when we get crossover basketball going, uh, it's going to be nonstop, nonstop, but Hey, this is what we love. We're happy to do it. And with such great fans like you all, it's it's our honor and our pleasure so we love you all we'll see you all at eight o'clock tonight and see a couple more times tomorrow have a good night see you soon go mountaineers